return of the Jedi from the desert fortress of Jabba the Hutt Jedi. to the Death Star of the Galactic Empire to the forest city of the Ewoks this is the climactic chapter in the Star Wars saga remember the force rejoice in the triumph Return of the Jedi rated PG now playing at a theater in your galaxy Ho ho ho! Now playing at a theater in your galaxy. That doesn't help anybody if they saw that commercial. Be like, well, we're all in the same one galaxy. Does that mean it's only playing in one theater? What am I supposed to do? Does that mean it's playing in all the theaters everywhere? Well, probably, it probably was. But well, welcome back to the podcast, friends. Um, I'm Angela Yoshiko, your host of Old Millennials Remember Movies, and here with my awesome co-host Tyler Wilson. I'm waving like people can see it, but they can't. Yes, and today we are going to talk all things Star Wars, except for a brief little bout where Tyler beginning. shares right now one thing he's been watching. Well, aren't you? You were going to share one thing too, weren't no, you? No, I was going to save that for the next one. Oh, okay. Well, why? We just—I can save mine then. We don't no, have to can't. worry about it. So you saw 1917. I did. It's Sam Mendes. You know, that's a weird name, Sam Mendes. To think about, if you want to like use the possessive with them or whatever it's sam mendes's new movie or is it like sam mendes's put, movie or do you just say sam mendes movie i don't know Oof. i don't know so it's a world war one movie uh it is like the last of the big oscar contender movies that come out and the big hook of it is is that it's a it's a, did i say world war two it's a mm-hmm. world war one movie sorry 1917 i don't know what i said the first time about two guys who are sent on a mission to stop an attack, and they have time. They have to get to a forward line to tell this army to fall back. It's a trap. It's a trap. Like Return of the Jedi, like the Akbar guy says. Do you know what was in the screenplay originally? What it wasn't. It's a trap. What was it? It was. It's a trick. <laughs> and like that didn't play well, so they changed. They it changed to, it. It's a trap during production. They changed it. I'll have to look. Okay. But... Interesting. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Anyway, the hook of 1917 is that it is a simulated one-take kind of thing. So the it, it is obviously not, and the movie isn't hiding the cuts even necessarily. It goes into like a dark space, and you can clearly tell that they've changed it. But the effect is that it uh, feels like a one-shot. Like It's supposed to kind of be this a first-person account. And I've heard some of the negative... Uh, reactions to it being like it's oh it's just like a video game if I want to watch a video game and I mean I get that as maybe being something that doesn't tie doesn't you can't connect with but I don't necessarily like it as a criticism because there's good there's good storytelling in video games too like mm-hmm. I think it's being a little bit uh, reductive to the other thing right mm-hmm. um, I so I mean it's technically very impressive I think most people would uh, agree with that. It'll probably get a lot of like production level uh, nominations of awards. But I really liked. I thought the story was compelling. What worked for me was that I liked these two performers. One of them is George McKay from Captain Fantastic, and the other kid I don't know very well. Mm-hmm. But they have a good dynamic. There's enough of their story that's compelling to take me through it. And I found it to be uh, um, exciting, and I was along for the ride for their journey and so to me the 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 showy stuff the quote-unquote showy stuff the production design to me was working because 
I was able to follow along with them. So I really um, quite enjoyed it, more mm-hmm. so than I probably thought I was going to. So nice. I would uh, I would recommend it. It's very well. It's incredibly well made. It's a gore- beautiful uh, cinematography. Roger Deakins. Um, I mean, it's just the score is really good. I think the performances are good. It is weird. There are like three or four notable cameo. Like there's other people in the movie. Like, famous people kind of come in and be like, hi, I'm famous. Here's your next part of your mission. Like, it's Colin Firth at the beginning, and mm-hmm. then there's uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and uh, the guy from Fleabag Season 2, the priest guy, mm-hmm. and there it just is. So it's nice. They're all, like, actors you like, so that mm-hmm. kind of works, but it's also just like, hey, movie. It's like, we're a movie. <laughs> like, it's just, it's a little bit weird unusual because it, everything else i think is it kind of breaks the spell a little bit i i you know it's nice to see those people but anyway that's that's all i was going to talk about because it's uh notable so you'd recommend it i think it's really good 17 it's one of the best of the year i don't know if it's gonna be in my top 10 we'll see oh. we have some there's some clutter at the top i don't there know what we're gonna do i feel like i only want to watch war movies if they're recommended by someone like you mm. why is that i don't know because it's like have I already seen this movie? Mm. Is, is this really a new take? Do I want to put myself through it? Well, I mean, in one regard, it is. Uh, there, there's been some World War One movies, obviously, in recent times, but um, the trench, you know, trench warfare and all that. It is. It, it doesn't get as much play as I think World War Two does in movies, especially more of the modern era. So, I mean, there's something there too. Um, but. Yeah, did you ever watch Dunkirk when that came? Did you come back and no, watch that? No, you're like, they're in a boat. You got some criticism from some guy after you wrote a review about it. It was like, oh, well, if you if you just knew the history of it, you would right. love it. And I was like, Ugh. oh, that's right. I remember, I, I kind of forgot that part. Um, well, it's Christopher you, Nolan, and it's mm-hmm. a, a very well-made movie. For me, the structure of that movie was a little bit, like I, the structure of that, to me, was a little bit, fussy or artificial like mm-hmm. it d- didn't need to be as convoluted as it is um i it's it's well-made movie a lot of people love it so i'm not i don't i don't have a i don't have a strong opinion about it i don't care yeah. like it's fine like if you yeah. love it that's cool i think that's great i'm glad you're compelled by it because i think 1917 could a lot of people could theoretically be turned off by the way this one was made and not be connected to it so i could see if i if i like this one and i think it's totally fine someone likes dunkirk more than i do so okay but yeah, no, I remember that guy. He was yeah. a he was a real guy. No, that doesn't make any sense because no. the movie it doesn't. I wasn't. I didn't misunderstand what was happening in the movie. Mm-hmm. I just didn't particularly care for how it was being told. That's all. I think people who love history fall in love with the history, and mm. then they like they don't care about the structure of the movie. They're just like it's history, and I like it. I would argue that those people aren't a great gauge of whether no. a war movie is good or bad because no. they like them all, right? Exactly. Or unless it's I'm inaccurate. Like, I'm not listening to people. Yeah, I mean, th- yeah, you would, there's there's things to enjoy. As a person who likes cinema, you you would like it. Okay, well, there you go. And that was but 1917. Perfect. Okay. In theaters, come more theaters soon. Sure. Yeah. All right. So what are we doing today, Tyler? Okay. So uh, we over the Christmas break, we went and saw like everybody, The Rise of Skywalker. We haven't talked about it on this podcast as of yet. For whatever, you know, we just decided we were going to do... Once we saw Rise of Skywalker, it seemed like... I was like, this movie feels real familiar. What could we do Star Wars related on the show that was in our time frame? And it just, like, The Return of the Jedi works because it 
it, it, I mean, there's so much of the new movie that is like Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So it made sense. And I know that you were very, you are still, you were very and are still very nervous about this conversation a little bit. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of Star Wars fans out there who are like <laughs> diehard fans. And I am not, not that I don't like Star Wars. I'm just like, yeah, it, they're movies. I sort of don't remember who's <laughs> in what movie and what timeline and which order of the movies. Right. Et cetera. And I think that what I would say to that concern is that the diehard Star Wars fans, and I'll be the person to say this, are fucking crazy. And you can't live your life <laughs> based on whether they're going to approve or disapprove of your thoughts. Because... It's a whole because I I don't I don't understand that culture personally either because they're like I really liked uh, the last Star Wars movie the Last Jedi I honestly thought it was the best Star Wars movie they've made in years mm -hmm. and that thing is hated by a very large segment of the I online know. Star Wars community so it is hard to understand and I don't get it and I I try to get it and I don't and yeah. so I'm just I've had to let that part of me go i thought we were all on board we all don't like the prequels ha, 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 ha. and now it's like well we all hate each other because yeah. we disagree anyway america it is it is like a, a sign of the times right we can't we can't just like or dislike a star wars movie we have to be on one side or the other which is weird for the rise of skywalker which we'll talk about a little bit more but it, i feel like it's a movie that i'm just like everybody has a very strong opinion about i'm just like eh. You're all Mr. Neutral on it. Yeah, just like, yeah. So we are going to talk in detail about both movies simultaneously. Yeah, so we're going to, listen, if you haven't seen The Rise of Skywalker and you care about spoilers, then you probably shouldn't listen to any of this. We're not going to, like, warn you, because the way we're going to talk about Return of the Jedi, I think, is kind of the way that the new one echoes some of those decisions, yes. for good or for good and bad. So it doesn't make sense to not, to separate the conversation, I guess. Yeah. So, if you want to enjoy this podcast, watch Rise of Skywalker and then listen to it. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And you know what? It's made a lot of money. I think people, or you, you know, you go come back to this episode later on. We're not. Uh, it's not a time. We're not a time. We're not. A, we're not big on time. Other than our whole month of Christmas episodes. Sure. And Return of the Jedi is currently on Disney Plus. Well, I mean, it's on Disney Plus. You can rent it. You can get it on Blu-ray. You can't find that regular version very well. These are the special editions. Let's talk about the special editions after we talk about what you remember okay. and some high stats. Great. So, um, which one do we do first? I really remember. Yeah. Okay, did, what, did you write? I can't remember if this was one we were... You, I wrote something. Yep, I wrote a couple things. Okay. Uh, I just wrote a sentence. Great. Uh, the the end of the original trilogy, Return to the Jedi, includes a bunch of... Return to the Jedi, I like that. Oh, Return... <laughs> Actually, what I wrote was Return Foe the Jedi. Foe show. <laughs> return of the Jedi. Includes a bunch of fighting. Mm, learning... Who Darth Vader is. Nope, that's the previous, previous movie. movie. But they, they talk about it more. Ewoks, Jabba the Hutt, who I fucking hate. Jabba, well, yeah, well, that was a whole segment and I want to talk about. all the other awesomeness of the old Star Wars. Okay. That's it. What I wrote is kind of like uh, a little bit of my history of Star Wars seeing it for the first time, kind of. So I said, it's the divisive entry in this original Star Wars trilogy. A movie I saw for the first time in middle school when the special editions uh, were in theaters. Other than bits and pieces on TV, I saw the first Star Wars movie, um, the special edition version, in Northern California when my uh, uh, dad was working there, and we were just we were maybe going to move, and so it was kind of a weird time for me seeing these movies. Okay, 
And then um, after I saw the first, I know I'm trying to. I've got a plug-in problem, so I'm having an issue. Sorry right, for you're being. You're talking weird. to like the other wall. We can't hear you. My fault. Um, so I saw the first Star Wars, and then I that version, and then I because I it's been the first time I'd seen it. I, I've seen bits, bits so and pieces of it. So you had only originally seen the fucking special edition version. That when I the first time I oh watched Star Wars, God. the first movie, A New Hope, front to back, I'd seen all sorts of parts of it on television and stuff, but okay. never as one experience. I saw the special edition person first. Ugh, right? Gross. But see, when it happened, I I remember. I'm I got when I'm going off my paragraph a little bit. Sorry, but I remember when I did go. My brother was had just he was tiny. I think it lines up to he had moved. He was you know eight years older than me, so he'd moved out. And I think I we were talking about me doing this, and he was just like, "What the fuck is the matter with you? Like you I can't watch those ones first. You have to watch it." So anyway, like whatever I had, whatever money I had saved as this middle school kid, I used to go and purchase the VHS trilogy. Mm-hmm. So I would I got those. What you have. Over there, which, which I've I kept, asked you to put in for us to watch. And I wanted to hear you didn't. react to the terrible version. Um, <laughs> it's so bad. It is. <sighs> so I so then I watched uh, that one, A New Hope again, and then I watched Empire Strike Back and Return of the Jedi all before I went and saw those special editions in theaters again. So I had seen Empire and Return of the Jedi all in one shot, the original versions. Um. I still own the VHS because fucking George Lucas famously has not put the nice versions on good formats, um, the old versions anyway. I said, anyway, you want plot, Jabba the Hutt, Anus Sand Monster, Yoda Dies, Death Star 2, Emperor Square Off, Ewoks, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is a weird... Um, it, I, so I, while I was a little bit late to the party in terms of like becoming a Star Wars fan... Uh, I feel like I did get the correct experience for the most part in that I like really liked what they did with the original versions and then was never was like automatically like everybody else that was fans of the original trilogy being like, what the fuck is he adding stuff to this for? Stupid stuff. Unnecessary stuff. Oh my god. And then the main I mean and then the main reason that there was this whole idea that they were gonna do it was because CGI was big and it was like new and we could make it look better, right? Mm-hmm. And at the time when we saw these things I think it seemed like it was better, but see now the CGI has aged so poorly. Mm-hmm. It doesn't age like say Jurassic Park CGI CGI has aged. So that now it actually looks worse than the outdated like models and yeah. things that we had used before. And that is a bummer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a bummer watching it because I mean that's not even including the bullshit that he adds to the movies the bullshit including in return of the jedi the main extra thing in return of the jedi is this horrible extension of this nightclub scene where this cgi lady monster thing comes out and does a a song and it looks so oh like so bad that it just is it really turns off the whole um and which one is the that? whole experience? That's in Return of the Jedi, the one we just watched. I don't a song or the dancing lady. The dancing lady. So she actually came back to film for that scene. Who did? The dancing lady. There was a real lady in the original. Yep, same and then, lady. Right, okay. She was yep. the only person who came back to film and apparently because she according to this article I read, because she was like in better shape sixteen years later than she was even originally. So the scene 
remastered or whatever is a mixture of the old stuff and some new stuff. It only looks like a CGI character, though. Yeah, it's terrible. It is. It is a bad song. It is. It is the first glim. I mean, the other stuff that they he added before the Greedo stuff and the old Jabba the Hutt scene with Han Solo that he added to the first movie. Yeah, all bad. But this, I feel like this is the really the the moment that you're just like, this is where the prequels come from, right? You're like, yep. this is this is what this is the George Lucas shit that's not working, right? Yep. And it's ah, it's horrible. But I mean, I want to talk to you about what. Do you, well, before we do that, this is a Star Wars episode. Do you have a? What was your memory of first watching Star Wars? So I think there are like families that are Star Wars families. Mm-hmm. We were definitely not one of those. But I feel like Peggy, Auntie Peggy and Cindy had the. Uh, VHS tapes of it. Yeah. So they watched it and I watched it with them. And I remember when like the new ones came out, they were just like, no, no, why would you do that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I never saw the special edition ones until DVD, probably when I bought the DVD. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's weird is that so they're on Disney Plus in HD, right? And I've, I have the DVDs of the special edition I had and I have the VHS. So Mm -hmm. watching it in HD, the quality and with that CGI is just. It's so it makes bad. it look worse, and it, it it's it's frustrating, and um, yeah, I mean, it's like, yes, I want to comment on what the special is, because this is what most people have access to, right? This mm-hmm. is what is the easiest way to watch Star Wars, and so this is what Star Wars is. If we want to show our kids, I, I did, when I showed them the first Star Wars, I showed them the special edition for my DVD, I didn't get the V8, the VCR out, so that's on me. I probably shouldn't do that. I should probably give them the right experience. You should. Because, you know what, they, what do they respond to when we did the Dark Crystal and all that? They like the model shit it doesn't like the cgi doesn't do anything for him anyway so why bother i do remember not loving star wars Mm -hmm. as a younger person i remember liking all the action sequences and Mm -hmm. thinking there was like a lot of other like boring stuff about these movies that is which (laughs) was pretty much my same feeling upon rewatching return of the jedi there's not a lot of point in that people have talked about Return of the Jedi. I mean, you could even say there's no point in even us sitting here and doing this, right? Mm-hmm. But I do want to like talk about the the basically there's three segments, and the most the big first segment is like a half hour on Tatooine with Jabba the Hutt, and I just was curious about how. You remember, and the reason, the experiment that we, the, the experiment that we did here, because you and I didn't actually, when we went to see Rise of Skywalker, we didn't like re up and watch Force Awakens and Last no. Jedi. We just kind of went. We just didn't have time, right? Yep. So when the experiment here was like, okay, let's just watch Return of the Jedi. Let's not watch the other two and just see what that experience is like compared to the new one. And so we did that. And so Return of the Jedi. I don't know for you this first half hour where we're. We're picking up strands from the Empire Strikes Back. You obviously know the big cliffhanger of Empire Strikes Back is that Han's been captured and put in the kryptonite. Mm-hmm. But what was it like watching this kind of this segment? I fucking hated it. Okay, good. And I, you said that before, so I'm curious to hear about why. Uh, because the the character of Baba the Hutt, what's his fucking name? <laughs> Baba the Hutt. Baba the Hutt. No, his I name wrote, is Baba the Hutt. I wrote, I hate Baba the Hutt. It's Baba the Hutt. Yep, Even though up above I wrote Jabba the Hutt. Baba the Hutt. I hate him. I just don't like him. He's stupid. He's ugly. It's not interesting. I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't give a fuck about anybody here. It just, it's just, it's just like painful to watch. So I, and so when we were watching it, the thing I challenged you with, and I was just gonna, I was asking you, is like, okay, well, the Dark Crystal, 
is a bunch of fucking puppet characters sitting around not doing a whole lot, an hour and a half of it. And they, I, there's charms to it, and I liked a lot of that, right? Mm-hmm. But this is this first half hour is a lot of that. It's like a lot of kind of world building a little bit. Yeah, world building in the third movie in a fucking trilogy. Like, let's get this fucking going. Okay. And I think that's a good criticism and a good statement of the George Lucas problem in general because I think he loves world building but doesn't necessarily love getting things like, fucking moving. Like, let's close the deal here. And I think you're right. I mean, it, it's this, it is a bunch of characters. It's not just Jabba, but it, and it's like a lot of great work, like makeup work and all this other sure. stuff, right? But it is all very grimy and unpleasant, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. None of them are fucking speaking English. <laughs> right. And half of them are translated and half of them are. And also, um, growing mm-hmm. up, I don't think I realized that C-3PO was like, his whole purpose of existing was to translate. I never knew that. You just and thought he was fucking hanging around? <laughs> honestly, I don't even think I got it in any of the new movies either. I think I just got it in rewatching that. Return of the Jedi because he's like, I'm a translator. Well, he's functioning as one this time. I'm a translator robot. And I was like, oh, and in, that's what you're here for. And then interestingly enough, in the new movie, it's the first time in th- in the new trilogy where he really is doing his function yes. again. Yeah. And it becomes a plot point of him having to... Yeah. Uh, it's a... I mean, if you... The problem with the Rise of Skywalker is that anytime you think about, like, why they're doing something, you're just like, but what? What are we... Why are we doing that? Mm-hmm. Like, why? Why? Well, I think for that, they're like, oh, remember? He's a translator robot. <laughs> right. You remember how in Return of the Jedi, that's what he did? I know, and I don't want to criticize that too much because it did give us Babu Frick, and that's an amazing uh, new character. I did quite enjoy that little. And so I was like, well, if we're gonna whatever. wipe C three PO, which one is that? He's a little, little guy. Alien? He's a little, a little alien. alien or the little robot. He's a little alien. Okay, I liked I liked both, but I don't know their names of Babu Frick. All these aliens and robots, it's fucking hard to keep track. Babu Frick is. Uh, sure. Listen, if we had just stayed, the, if the whole movie was just like, hey, we're gonna wipe C three PO's memory for an hour and a half, and this is the guy who's gonna do it. I'm like, okay, I'm on board for that movie. Yeah. Let's watch Babu Frick some more. Interesting. I like that. So, so Jabba the Hutt's fucking annoying. <sighs> I mean, but what's fresh? I think what's frustrating about it, and I listen. I I'm gonna say this right now. I like Return of the Jedi for the most part. I like the last 45 minutes of Return of the Jedi. But I'm gonna, I, I, I'm on board with a lot of your thoughts on this first part, especially because it just seems like we're slowly time. introducing people in for a bad plan that it's just going to end with like Luke Skywalker, like doing Jedi things to get him out of the trouble anyway. But now he has to save six of his friends <laughs> in addition to Han Solo instead of just fucking going there himself. It just seems like a lot of hoops to jump through. And also like counting on a lot of things to happen. Right. Like making sure that R2D2 becomes gets on the boat that like where his stash is like and, and okay and you could argue that you get it later spot, and that Leia's in a certain and spot. Lando's in a certain spot and all this stuff is like there's this gap between there's time that's passed between Empire Strikes Back and this happening so that Lando is part of this now and and Luke has got his hand back and things are he's got more Jedi powers and all this other stuff but I mean it's so frustrating because it it just is it's it's like here's here's Boba Fett, you liked him in his few minutes in the last movie. He's right there, too. He's going to be part of this movie. Jabba the Hutt, we've been hearing about him, and that the special edition famously inserts him into the new Ho- A New Hope incorrectly with bad CGI, and it ruins the effect of his appearance in this movie, I think. Because, I scrubbed that from my memory. Yeah, it's a bad scene, and it, it, it looks bad, but 
it also just kind of like takes away the novelty of seeing him too as being this because he's a I mean it's an impressive creature work I mean I, I know that there's CGI enhancements now with this version but mm-hmm. for the most part but I mean it also feels like it's this long means to an end to get to everybody's favorite part of this movie which is like Leia in the slave costume Ugh. so and look I get it I I think that I as being a middle school kid who saw it and I, so I understand that there is like this uh, <laughs> crush factor, right, with Princess sure. Leia. And in the first what couple movies, she's just in her like other garb. She just looks like a dude. She's be- she's beautiful, right? Yeah. But and I think people felt that way about her. And but then it's just like, oh my god, she's a goddess, right? Like this is her in her most amazing looking, idyllic. I'm a nerd kid, and I I can say that because I feel like as a middle schooler watch it, I can understand. It's like, okay, yeah, I I like hot girls. This is great, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I but what's weird going back on it? I don't think it's it's not it's not overly gawky at her. I, it's not overly ogling it, right? But what I do find funny about the whole thing is that as a culture, we refer to this outfit. And culturally, it's like the hottest we've ever, one of the biggest sexual icons of the 80s and 90s and for people who of our generation, of old millennials and millennials, is what they what we commonly refer to as Slave Leia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the Slave Leia costume, mm-hmm. right? That's how people refer to it. I'm not saying that that's how the movie refers to it, but she's being, she's in slave garb. Yeah. And it's so weird to me, because if you think about that, our sexual thing that we've all equated as being like this big moment for us has the word slave in it. Yeah. <laughs> and if you think about it that way, it's weird, it's right? It's fucked up. And adds a little bit of an extra layer to your, like, um, you know. Because it's not, it's not like BDS. It's not like, not like uh, ropes. <laughs> it's just no, like, like No, she's, she's being enslaved by this worm monster. Right? Which is not sexy at all. Which that part is not. I mean, she's being put in a very gross situation. It's like there's liquid and fluid. And, and he's it's, disgusting. It's yeah. not like, well, this is kind of hot. No, but She's that's hot. what I mean. Like, the situation is not hot. And then you get a little bit... I mean, it's all very dim, and then when they escape, she's still wearing this outfit. But it's so it's so strange. It's weird. And she wakes up Han before all that, and Han's blind. It, all this stuff it's is just, just so... It's so fucking boring. It takes forever. And then what's comical is that it's all the setup to get this... Because we have to... The real movie is like, we gotta go deal with Darth Vader, right? Mm-hmm. But we have to clear all this stuff. But, I mean, what's so weird is that it, it, it does feel a little bit like Rise of Skywalker and Last Jedi in that it's, like, trying to clear the deck of the stuff it doesn't like oh, so sure. quickly. Right? It's trying to get rid of all the things that we left dangling right away. Yep. But what's weird about that is that it was still – it's written by the same person in this mm-hmm. regard. At least with the new ones, you get, like, okay, well, Ryan Johnson – J.J. Abrams had a writing team and he did this in Force Awakens. Then Ryan Johnson came in and he just wanted to do what he wanted to do over here and he did this. Okay. J.J. Abrams comes back and he's got a writer and he's like, okay, well, we didn't like some of that and we want some of this. And mm-hmm. so some of that – some of those problems I can see happening. But with this, there's different directors, but it's still George Lucas running the show here or doing the screen and doing the writing, right? So why why is he getting rid of the things that he set up so much in because Boba Fett Good question, Tyler. A fan favorite character. I mean, we model the whole Disney Plus show on the look of that guy, right? Because mm-hmm. we like how he looked, is dispatched in less than I think a minute of screen time. He's oh, for he's sure. there but he's not doing anything. He's like quietly lurking in the shadows and then all of a sudden flung into the, the desert monster it's guy. It's so weird. What the like fuck? 
why do that? And then I think what's important of bringing that up is because he does it. He then does it again in basically the next scene. We beloved Yoda, who Luke trained with in the last movie and is a big part of that movie. We go. We're returning to that. We go to his planet again. And Yoda's fucking dying. And he has literally one scene before he dies. Mm -hmm. And that is it. Yoda. Hey, we love you, Yoda. Now you're out of the movie. See you later. I did read that one of the reasons, potentially, that they added that scene Mm -hmm. was that they weren't originally going to have Yoda back at all. Really? But one of the reasons they wanted him back was because George Lucas, like, consulted with some people and they decided that... They needed to confirm that uh, Vader was Luke's father from, like, a non-biased source. Like, that wasn't just Vader saying, I'm your father. So, to hear it come from Yoda confirms it and makes it actual, like, not debatable. This movie does it twice, though, because Alec Guinness comes out as a Force ghost in, like, literally the next scene after he dies. I mean, and gives more information about what's going on with your father and why he did that. And I like all that. I like Alec Guinness, and so that, to me, works better and it's not that the Yoda scene doesn't work. I like Yoda, but he's fucking. It's like, hey, everybody, you loved Yoda. He's dead. Sorry, him, you get one scene you and you're out. And I just don't understand that. Like, I don't know if you're gonna go back. Why are you disregarding it so quickly? Yeah, it's strange to me. It is very strange. And I don't, I don't, I don't care for it. So, I mean, what the good example of this is is, of course, in Rise of Skywalker, uh, Mark Hamill. He's not in the movie because he died in the last one. And he doesn't come back until like an hour and a half in, and he basically has this Allegheny scene, which is very similar in terms of what it's supposed to do. But it's so weird because it's, number one, it's making a joke about the last movie, about catching the lightsaber, right? Because he tossed, famously tossed that lightsaber, and everybody fucking lost their shit about it. And he made a joke about, like, no one should ever toss aside. I mean, in the Rise of Skywalker, Force Ghosts are interacting, and Jedis are able to pull things from all these new rules in this mm-hmm. movie, right? But what's it's what's so strange about it is it's mirroring that scene with Alec Guinness. The difference, I think, is that Alec Guinness is doing a, a performance that is uniform throughout the trilogy when he was alive and then as a ghost in those next two. Whereas, consistent. Consistent. Whereas there's just like, I don't even necessarily blame Mark Hamill for this. He is just like a completely different performance. He's so good. I think it's the best performance he's ever given is in The Last Jedi. Say what you will about the arc of Luke Skywalker. He is really good in the movie. He's doing his best work, at least as an on-screen, not just vocal actor, right? Mm -hmm. And then he's back in one scene of Rise of Skywalker, and it is back to the normal guffawing like kind of the worst impulses of his performance of Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. which is the grinny ugh. I swear to god I have this memory in the movie of him staring at the camera with a fucking big ass dumbass fucking grin like hey hey hi I'm smiling I'm cuz he didn't smile in the last movie He's is like, that the hey. reason <laughs> Oh and I was just well, fuck well so I, I don't I don't have the specific memory of that but in return of the Jedi when he comes back from seeing Yoda and he reappears with all the rebel people he comes on and like hey guy and he's like doing that thing and it I like listen I am overall like a Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker fan. Mm-hmm. Even in the first one, he's a he's whiny and he's kind of annoying in spots and he's right, but that's mm-hmm. the character a little bit, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of meant to be that way and you purposely have a guy like Han Solo to be fucking awesome and cool right here as a counterbalance. Yep. That works. But I think 
Luke Skywalker's Mark Hamill's performance is much better in more quieter, subdued tones. Anytime he's showing, uh, anytime he's smiling or laughing, I, it, it's just weird. So if that it's happens, weird. is it a picture of him? Well, that's not, a picture of him on set. He's not looking at the camera, but that's not. I mean, he's a he looks he's all blue in the movie, right? So I I don't know. Um, so then, what's weird about Return of the Jedi too is that its middle act is like not a it's not really like a middle act it's just kind of this bridge between um the sand you know the tatooine scene and the climax you they get to endor really fast but then there's a lot of like just kind of puzzle piece or you know chess piece moving you know mm-hmm. what i mean it, we have a little chase scene that hasn't looked good in a long time it's because it's got that green screen on the little speeders right mm-hmm. and that's a problem but it's just they didn't really do couldn't really do much much with their little special edition to make that look better that's kind of what it, it always looked fine. like we still haven't figured that out by the way when you do scenes like this of like moving people on, with green screens behind them there are movies that came out last year that do use the same way and it still looks fake yep Still looks bad. It, there's a scene in Rise of Skywalker on the in the beginning of that movie when they're everybody is on that little boat, those little boat things in the desert, and some of it looks pretty good. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. and there's the flying yeah, 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 and there's yeah. the flying mm-hmm. stormtroopers and like they fly now. Some of it looks really good, and then some, some of it, it looks, looks so bad. like awkward green. It's so it's very similar. And yeah. hey, listen, the the um, the apologist in me would be like uh, when like Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull came out mm-hmm. and they were like uh, making fun of Shia LaBeouf swinging through those trees. This is miss- this is dumbass who's just like, yeah, but I mean, they probably made it look fake because they wanted to like mirror some of the effects of the old 80s movies, right? Sure. And I was like laughed out of every sure, conversation. Sure, sure. Um, you know, it's probably true that that was not really the case. But, um, but yeah, it's a weird uh, middle part until it- I feel like it's a half hour that goes by before – C-3PO becomes a, they think he's a god, the Ewoks think he's a god. It's just, again, slow and fucking boring. It is only, it's this mo. it's, there's a period only where you want to get the Emperor to Darth Vader on the thing, and you want to get Luke to tell Leia that that's his sister. Basically, you want to start when there's about 45 minutes left, which is, I was starting to fall asleep, and I was like, oh, I gotta fucking call it. And then we picked up on the next night, it's like, oh, if this movie would have just started here. Right. Is a good movie. So that this is kind of where the the conversation about these both these movies kind of really comes into focus because to me the reason why I like Return of the Jedi overall despite not caring for the first half hour and not understanding what the function of this middle part is, um, it's so long and drawn out. I really like the last. I think for all of George Lucas's worst impulses, he manages to stick this landing of this saga and like is able to convincingly. Is it because it's like he he just he just fucks up the first part so bad that Maybe. now you're just like, fuck, and then you're like, oh, oh, now this is a decent movie now. I sit up in my chair. I think the redemption of Darth Vader and through the Emperor is a satisfying storyline, yeah. and I think that Mark Hamill is up enough to the task of dramatizing that, and you get a good enough arc with that tied with this kind of thing. I don't know, though. He's so schmarmy and whiny. Such a little Not bitch. as whiny as he is in the first uh, <laughs> I don't movie. know. He's just like, you can't turn me to the dark side. Me, 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 me. I think he's I'm okay. Luke Skywalker. I'm not saying he's gonna. He was gonna win awards for it, but I think he's it like, functions he's like, enough. I'm super mad. You gotta understand, he's no, working I'm against. I'm gonna put. I'll, I'm gonna push back a little bit because he's working against the guy who's wearing a fucking mask, who's not giving you anything, and the Empire who's in a bunch of fucking makeup. I feel like the Emperor 
Well, he's great. Ian McDermott. Incredible job acting. Well, he is, if I was acting against that, I feel like my game would be pretty fucking good. Ian McDermott, this this man. So I think this man deserves. Disagree with your argument of like, oh, he's acting against no. Well, Ian McDermott is great in this. He was great in the prequel movies that he was in. Like, despite everything going on, he still managed to give a good performance, especially in Revenge of the Sith. Well, I mean, that's really the only one he has a big part in. But um, and then he's good in. I think he's good in Rise of Skywalker too. I mean, it makes sense if you think about uh, Darth Vader, who played him in the newer movies. Darth Vader, or yeah, Darth Vader. What's his stupid ass name? Darth Vader is not in the new in movies. the prequels. Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Hayden Christensen. Yeah. So if you think about Hayden Christensen, I mean, his son's obviously going to be just as dwarpy as he is. <laughs> well, yeah. I think dwarpy. that was... Dwar- dwarpy is the word, mm-hmm. huh? I Well, I mean... I'm Luke Skywalker. You're not... You're not... You're, you're not the only person that ever criticized Mark Hamill's acting in these movies, and I... That's fine. I... I, I only mildly disagree with you. <laughs> I think it's up enough. I think the story is good enough that it doesn't... Even if you have the shortcomings of that. Plus... What the what the way this movie works pretty well is that that's going on. It's a good. There's good intercutting between that. What's going on on the Endor? And I'm pro. Are you pro Ewok? Or are you anti Ewok? I'm neither. Just oh. too much time with the fucking Ewoks. Well, there's too much middle time with the Ewoks. So, like, the story structure I, this is what I'm annoyed with. The characters themselves are you, They don't bother I you think, as being cute? I think they're adorable. I love how they're primitive and they, like, throw rocks and shit. Yeah, okay. And, uh... I think the John Hughes watched Return of Jedi and got his whole idea for Home Alone just by watching them crush these yes, uh, walkers. Yes, they Home Alone the shit out of some... Rocks, the yeah. sna- uh, yeah. like, ropes, the, like, the tripwires and... Of shit. Two logs. There's, these are their names for these traps, but, yes. um... The, so no, the, they're satisfying. I, yeah, I like all that. I like all that too, and I really like that sequence with him. I, I don't. I, I could do without any of that stuff that happens before that mm-hmm. with C three PO. Like oh, who so could care? Annoying. Who could care? But I do like it in this battle. And then you have uh, a space battle, which is necessary in these movies, and it's led by Lando Calrissian, who I'm just happy he's. I think he's great. I think it's fun having him uh, in the movies. I think he's was nice. I wish he was in more of Rise of Skywalker, especially since we didn't have the other cast really available to be in them. Mm-hmm. I was very happy that he was in the movie. Um, he, his acting has really gone downhill, though. Uh, he's older. <laughs> I know, but like he... He didn't have much to do. He has like this swagger in these older movies. And then in the new movies, it just feels like he's just awkward the one he's sh- in. It just yeah. feels awkward as shit. Well, and it... And, you know, not a lot of people will say nice things about Solo, that prequel movie, but Donald Glover also was able to kind of nail that swagger. swagger. He was pretty mm-hmm. fun with it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, a lot of that is a function of him not having a lot to do, I think, as well. He's not in the movie nearly enough in Rise of yeah, Skywalker. Probably. But, um, but I, it's a good, uh, it's a good dynamic. I think it gives you a satisfying end, and it gives you, um, a few, a few things that I really like. My favorite, I've got so this is a good opportunity to talk about what we like about Star Wars. And I'll give you a general thing, and I'll give you the very specific thing that's in Return of the Jedi. That's my favorite thing in Star Wars. Oh, okay. The number one thing, and maybe you're you can like, you're getting quiet, like you're getting real serious. Oh here. well, it's something to talk about. Okay. My favorite thing overall in Star Wars in general, to me, is when the robots that don't speak English, uh, like R two D two and BB eight, uh, speak, and then. We as the audience have to figure out what they meant just based on how either C-3PO reacts or people react or... And also Chewbacca, right? Or Chew- and Chewbacca. In I there? love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, absolutely. 
And so, while well, you are absolutely right about the first part of this movie, whether some of the aliens are being translated and some of them are not, it's fucking annoying, mm-hmm. and they're not being cute or fun. No. It's all a negative, right? Mm-hmm. Except for a little bits with C-3PO and R2-D2. I do like when that one guy's like, we'll break you, R2-D2, and you can just tell he's like, oh, you're a sassy one. Oh, I like all that. Yeah. So no. I like any time where I have an opportunity as an audience member to, like, translate a R2-D2 or a BB-8 for... Myself, fill, fill in the blanks yourself. I yeah. love that. It's my favorite thing. It makes me so happy that um, our two and a half year old son, his favorite thing on earth is mm-mm, and mm-mm is how he refers to BB-8, mm-hmm. and he's he will not change how he says it. Partly because he doesn't say a lot of words, and maybe we might have to deal with that later on in life. <laughs> but uh, he, we have a little, we have a BB-8. A remote control thing that you gave me for mm-hmm. my birthday one year. It's like a life-size BB-8, and it's awesome, and it talks and everything. Ah, and ever awesome. since, and he's been around since, you know, he was little, and so he loves BB-8, and he loves mm-mm, and he likes, because mm-mm, that's how he talks. And so that's what he likes, and I like that. So to me, as a, an adult who now has kids, my favorite thing with Star Wars is, because I can always show them, even if I don't want to, like, show the kids something like violent fighting or something like that, I'm like... We can always show them this little BB-8 scene, this R2-D2 scene, because this is what I love. Yeah. So I like that, and this movie has some of that. I wish the new movies had more R2-D2, even though I love BB-8. I don't know why we have to uh, exclude R2 just because BB-8 is round and rolls. I don't know. It seems weird to me, but... There's room for both of them. There is. And then J.J. Abrams added another talking robot in this one. I was like, you don't need another robot, J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams. We have plenty of robots. Let R2-D2 come along next time. He just can't control himself. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. But the other thing specifically about Return of the Jedi is my favorite moment in Star Wars is the moment when uh, Luke has been fighting off the situation. He's finally convinced uh, Darth – because he's now – he's Luke is – successfully fought off the dark side but now the Emperor's just gonna kill him with electric with his electric hands and he's just doing the thing and then Darth Vader (laughs) what I love about it is that this is is, as cool as the Darth helmet as cool as the Darth Vader helmet is it's very funny to watch it like try to have like a moral decision making process back and forth between a a good thing and a bad thing (laughs) he's like like, hmm hmm, hmm, looking left looking right yeah I love it looking left (laughs) looking right and I, I know this sounds like I'm making fun of it, but I genuinely love it. Because then what he does after he does this for, like, five different shots is that while he's electrocuting it, he goes over to the Emperor, picks him up. And so now they're both, like, getting electrocuted. The Emperor can't fathom this part of the plan. This, by the way, he's the most – he has – he thinks – Nine plans ahead, yeah. as evidence in Rise of Skywalker, but he never foresaw anybody just picking him up while he was uh, getting like, using Toss his force him powers over the edge, and he just picks him up, lifts him over it like he's holding him up, and he just tosses him into a giant pit, a and giant, 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 and he's apparently dead. And I just I love it so much because it is just like it's so cheesy and goofy, but because it's Star Wars, for whatever reason, it's, it's like so low tech. That's awesome, and it's very low tech, and I love yes. that. It's like lightsabers and electric cans, and it's like I'm just gonna chuck you over the ledge. Because what I think we forgot about, um, and it's evident in Return of the Jedi, because of the the Phantom Menace, the first of the prequel movies, is by most accounts terrible. But people do love one thing about it, which is that very spiffy, very fast lightsaber fight, right? Mm-hmm. Darth Maul yeah. and Qui-Gon Jinn and all that. 
And I so I don't remember any of that, but sure. That's the thing that people like. And then the next movies just had more. And it's, listen, I think that those are fun. When everybody, when Sam Jackson gets to have like a couple lightsaber battles in some movies, I'm like, these movies are terrible, but that's cool. And I'm happy yes. with that. Yeah. And I am okay with Yoda be flipping around and jumping around with his lightsaber. That's fine too. It's not, it's a little bit weird, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think what's notable is that the fight between Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker in this movie is very much scaled down because if we weren't this is before the choreography and all that but it's effective Mm -hmm. and i think it's a good fight even though it's not the most like flashy um fights and it reminded me of a moment that i did like trying to be positive about rise of skywalker when kylo ren and ray are fighting on top of the water this death star things and they are having a good fight and then they start getting tired yes and then they are like kind of laboring through their moves they are very much laboring but i like that and i like that there's that dynamic they get to kind of act a little bit and then luke skywalker i know he's acting against a guy in a mask and it's less but there's something there and i think Mm -hmm. when when these movies and we were talking about this a little bit when these movies i think there's value in these movies slowing down a little bit and i when you were watching it i know that you're like this is this is boring and i and I get that. It's slow. It's not happening. And I, I think that that's not necessarily because it's slow. I think it's because it's not functioning very well as a story. Yeah. I don't think it's because it's there's no action going on necessarily. I don't know if you would agree with that, but... Yeah, it's not the lack of action. It's the lack of interesting things happening. Lack of story. Yeah. Or lack of a notable character lack of, move. Yeah, lack of... Yeah. I think that's what it is, right? And that's why I think I respond really well to The Last Jedi, because I think that movie spends time to slow down a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Contrast yeah, that with. You can go slow if you're going deep on characters. Mm-hmm. But if you're just going slow and you're just walking around, you're like Lord of the Rings fucking 85 miles of walking through the foresting. Which I like Lord of the Rings, but. I do too, but yeah. I think we all accept that, like, it's a lot of fucking walking around. We. You, you know it going in, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, we know this is a big journey. They gotta go on a long trek. We've gotta go along for this. Then things are gonna happen. Yeah. We and like if, the characters. Yes. So if things aren't moving quickly, then you have to go interpersonal on the characters. Which I think, so, and I think because they have this confrontation that is slower and quieter while these space battles and the Endor fights going on, that works enough. So Return of the Jedi, I think we, we like that. So the reason we, just to transition a little bit then. Oh, what, what, why are we transitioning? To Rise of Skywalker. Because I think what's notable about Rise of Skywalker is that the third act of the new movie, Rise of Skywalker, is very much like The Force Awakens and J.J. Abrams was doing with The Force Awakens and kind of remixing A New Hope. This new movie is very much trying to deliver a similar experience as Return of the Jedi, only like amped up to 11 or 12. Yeah. And so this is what I want to talk to you about, because I think that we both walked out of Rise of Skywalker. I think you were like, that was fun. I really liked that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it was fun. I don't know if I liked it. <laughs> that was your reaction. And um, and I, so I think this gets to like how we, how we is, how Star Wars has evolved and how we view Star Wars. Because I think that to try to be positive, because I know what's weird about what's going on with this movie is that a lot of the critical writings of it and all the things on the internet are very negative. 
about like the reaction of people that are like film bros and film sites and reviewers and it's oh i don't read mostly any of that, so i have no idea what's happening on the internet so but I, I say that because a lot of those same people were very much like last jedi people and i would consider myself a last jedi people person i like that movie a lot for a lot of the reasons why they might cite why they like last jedi i've found myself agreeing with a lot of that there's still a lot of discussion on internet the people that don't like last jedi but a lot of those same people that really liked it are very upset with rise of skywalker Whereas, like, the general audience reaction seems to be, or, and, like, the cinema score polling and things like that, is that it seems to be people are more positive on it than they were with Last Jedi. That it was a fun experience, right? And so... I liked both. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I'm wondering... Because I was... Would... Okay, so general audiences that liked Rise of Skywalker but didn't like Last Jedi as much. What was it about Last Jedi they didn't like? Remind me what they the don't, issue was. They don't like Luke. I mean, this again, I don't... This is hard to generalize, but this is the, the tone of the, the general arguments. They don't like that Luke Skywalker has rejected the Force and he's a curmudgeon and he's not the Luke Skywalker of the other movies. They don't like that. They don't like the middle scene sequence of the movie where Finn and Rose go to the casino planet and they feel like that's a frivolous prequel thing. Sort of agree with that. Very much in spirit of these Star Wars movies that have these scenes that aren't fucking necessary. I... I, I like some of it. It's not my favorite part of that movie. So It's I not my favorite part of the movie. That. Okay. And I think that they also feel like the overall tone and theme of the movie is leading somewhere that's not what they like Star Wars to be, which is this, like, there's a destiny, and Rey is supposed to be some of importance, and this movie cuts down, that movie, Last Jedi cuts down Snoke, the big bad, and Kylo Ren tells Rey that you're nobody, your parents are nobody, you're just a, doesn't matter who you are. And I, to me, I thought that was an exciting thing to add to Star Wars, to say, like, okay, we don't need this shit with the Skywalkers. Like, you can do a story in Star Wars about someone else, and it doesn't have to be lineage. It doesn't, cause we got so much of that shit with the prequels, right? It was, it was refreshing to feel like it was something else. And I also like that the movie is pretty much a movie about all these characters basically failing the entire movie, and they just barely squeak by. And I think there's something in that. And I think mm -hmm. there's a the level of hope that they have at the end is more earned. And it feels like we're propelling ourselves to. But again, I feel like it doesn't give you that rousing Star Wars fun that a lot of people expect from the mm -hmm. movie. And it has a different tone than The Force Awakens, right? It does a little bit. It has the same characters. They don't spend a lot of time together. That's a criticism, too, of that movie. They don't. Okay. The three mm -hmm. people, right? So I think a lot of those people, again, this is, I'm generalizing because that's, it's hard. A lot of people have different opinions, right? But I think people like the fact that Rise of Skywalker, our three heroes, are together for much of the movie. And I like that, too, because I think there's a good dynamic there. And they just generally feel like it's more connected. Oh, Rey is somebody. She's not Skywalker, but she's related to Palpatine. And this is this is all a lineage, and it all connects, right? And that's the goal, it seemed like, for Disney, was to not just make a trilogy capper, but they really wanted to go off of George Lucas's original idea of like, well, I had nine stories, okay? It was we did the four, five, six, and we went back, but he wanted, but we didn't. They didn't use any of his story notes, right? I mean, this was all different than what he was wanting to do, and I think most people felt like after he made one, two, and three, no one wanted, no one wanted necessarily wanted his version, yeah, well, right? We don't care what you want because you're dumb. And it seems like people have forgotten that a little bit. But it was like we didn't want this. Remember, we didn't want this, right? So. I think that there was this un extra pressure for them to make a movie that was like 
delivering everything for everybody, and here it is in this and movie. And a nice pretty bow. And I think, look, I think it's really entertaining. I think there's a lot of fun Star Wars-y things. It's very much J.J. Abrams just like, here, let's do some big shit and let's have some action scenes. And I think that's, I mean, you like that about when you go to a big movie. I'm just Yes, I do. So, I mean, maybe give me your general thoughts. Because I know that we kind of tend to agree that a lot of the movie works for a while anyway. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I'm just curious kind of how your experience of watching it was. I liked it all. But I can see your struggle or disappointment in some of the, the balls that got dropped or the mm-hmm. things that got changed direction. Um, but I thought it was so entertaining and I, I don't get hung up on shit like that when I'm swept up in the moment. Mm-hmm. Then sometimes I do think about it. I'm like, mm, okay, I see that. I, and I think it's real easy in the, this new movie to kind of just be like, okay, we're going. Let's Here do it. Go. And I, I, I like She's that energy. Palpatine's granddaughter. There's an energy to these that I like. I, I, it's, it, there's a frantic pace to the J.J. Abrams ones, but also. I like, it. I, like uh, what I like a frantic pace. Force Awakens, I think, was smart in that it, for about 45 minutes, it's not frantic. It kind of mm-hmm. rebuilds the aura. I think that movie's really good. I think Force Awakens, J.J. Abrams, I think, for all of the copying he does at the end with the, the New Hope and the new Death Star or whatever, I think he nails the tone of Star Wars the way we wanted it to be after the prequels, right? So mm-hmm. I like that, and I think he's good with action. And so this is his movie of like, well, okay, we're going to do Vizbang. And it, it almost feels like he's trying to make, like, he didn't get to make the middle one, so he's, like, trying to cram in his more, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I like that concept of, like, hit the ground running and doing lots of things, mm-hmm. but, I mean, once you stop, once the movie kind of stops and tries to let you think about what's going on and what the implications are, it gets in trouble. What's going on with your head? My eyes suddenly started hurting. I think the Force is attacking me. The dark side is coming after you. No, I shouldn't be drinking out of my Star Wars, uh, the, what is it my mug say? You, you... don't know the power of the dark side. Yikes. Um, Which I didn't realize was an actual line in Return of the Jedi. I think it's in a couple of the movies. Well, it's definitely in Return of the Jedi. Well, there you go. Because when Darth Vader said it, he's like, you don't know the power. Like, because Luke's all like, I'm never going to go to the dark side. <laughs> and Darth Vader's all. You're never going to go in the dark? Oh, no, go to the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> you might dark. go in the You do go in the dark in Rise of Skywalker. And then he's all, you don't know the power of the dark side. <laughs> he's like, you don't know how fucking sweet it is over here. Right. You can have a burned up face and everything will be okay. Does it bother you now watching Return of the Jedi of seeing him go down that shaft and then Death Star blowing up to just have a crawl at the beginning of the movie like, hey, Emperor Palpatine, he not dead. Um, n- no. Doesn't you Because care. I feel like in Rise of Skywalker, even though Palpatine's not dead, he's real fucked up. He's got like all these tubey things and then there's an explanation of like, you know, some like voodoo magic shit. Yeah. Which is a thing, obviously, you have to accept in this universe. Right. Some voodoo magic shit for shit. J.J. Abrams is good about, I, in general, he's good at, he, I, I don't think he's very good about it in this particular movie, but in general, like, if he had just done less of this, he'd be more successful. Because I think he's pretty good at being like, yeah, some shit happened that's not necessarily important to right now. Mm-hmm. And we could explore that if we wanted to. But, like, it's not that big a deal if you don't know it right now. Mm-hmm. And maybe someone will write a thing about it, right? Yeah. I think the problem with this one in particular is that there's a lot of that. And so it starts piling up a little bit. I think there's a lot they of have to go. They have to have multiple things to get to the thing, which is a problem. What do they you need, mean? They need a wayfinder to get to the planet. But they need a 
the, you know what it's this okay yeah when you just said that right now yeah. it really made me think of a Dora the Explorer episode <laughs> they get like the map mm-hmm. and then they've got to go to Troll Bridge yep then they gotta go over Windy Mountain uh-huh. and then they gotta do another thing and then they're finally fucking there yeah so I mean that's a very common <laughs> storytelling method well I think yes but like first when you... they gotta get the map right right that's the wayfinder thing yeah and then they just have two more stops right it's a lot, though. I mean, it's... Uh, but... That's a, yes. That's a hero's journey. I think when you're looking for... When it's all new and you're, like... When you're in a third movie, I think. The it idea... It is just like Return of the Jedi. Oh, they're gonna go to fucking no, Jabba the Hutt. There's just... No, well, that, I think, is a mistake, and right? And they're gonna go to Ewok But land. the main part of the movie is just like, you just gotta take the shield down on the thing and we'll blow up the thing. Well, that's well, easy. I mean, first they gotta save Han Solo. And then... Well, that's... I agree with that then part. Then they gotta go to Ewok land to get the shield down. Then they gotta that was go in... into the Death Star to blow up the thing. In slight defense of that movie, though, the previous movie... Set up the problem of Han Solo. You have to address it. So then they do, and then they move on. I don't know if it's handled particularly well, but they have to do it. Whereas in this movie, they don't need to set this up. It doesn't need to be the Emperor. They don't need to have a thing to get to the thing to get to the thing. The whole point was to serve the story of Rey facing Kylo Ren, Finn and Poe leading the rebellion and stopping. This could have all been better without. It could be easy. I just felt like it was overstuffed. So like, there's so much happening that. If you had taken half of it out, they could have focused on the things that matter I mean, more. You're probably not wrong, but it wouldn't have been as exciting. I think you don't have to even sacrifice action, necessarily. I feel like the Emperor was needed to be another outside force like Darth Vader of trying to get Kylo Ren to the dark side. He needed that opposing force. He couldn't just be on the dark side. You have for your character to be redeemable. He has to be pushed into it, not of his own, totally of his own volition. The only question, the only counter I'll say to that is, why does that have to be the story of Kylo Ren? That he gets to be redeemed? That he has to be redeemed, and that he has to not be the big bad, and he has to not atone for the things he actually did. Because this movie lets him off the hook a little bit. Why does it have to do that just because Darth Vader did that? Why does this movie have to do that? Because in our culture, mm-hmm. that's very white Christian, we like to, like, have a sinner be able to be forgiven for their sins, but only once they accept Jesus Christ, he's, aka the force, the good force, into their hearts. He's committed mass genocide, though. There's nothing redeemable I know, about but that. I feel like that that in our culture we want to be like, you can be forgiven. But didn't we tell that story already? Yes. Why repeat it for this one? Because you're a, you're just trying to check the boxes and make a lot of money. Because the first, if you if you buy into the fact that these movies are all not a nine story, I think that what movie, you're saying would be a lot more interesting. A nine part movie, right? Yeah. And the first three are about a guy that went bad, and the next three are about a son who helped that bad guy redeem himself. Yeah. And then the next three is like, there's another person, and they're gonna help this other person that's bad go good. Why is that the saga? I guess. Why? So I just it re, it re. I mean, you're not wrong. I I don't know what the what, what are we serving? Am I making? Repeated. I guess my question is is why why do they feel the need if they don't George they don't they don't owe George they bought it right they own it they've already disregarded what he wanted to do for those movies right and you've made I feel like two pretty good movies about these new characters with the old characters mixed in. Oh, it's because he's got the Skywalker's kid, and we can't let that fucking rest. <sighs> I know, but why can't we give 
a story to these people? Why does it have to be t- so tied to those other ones? Especially when you've already killed off... Because like, they made it that way. Because you've already killed off two of them, and the third one died before you started production on this one, and therefore can't use her very much. I know. So then all these people are not around except for Lando, and then you don't use them anyway. So why are you giving yourself that hurdle, I guess? And I feel bad for J.J. Abrams because I feel like he came in late on this production. He had less time to work on it. And they're just like, well, we want you to do all of this. And he's like, I mean, okay, I can make awesome action scenes. Does that help you guys? <laughs> like, and, and they're like, yeah. And Angela was like, yes, it does. And That's I think it fantastic. plays fine. But the reason why I struggle with it is that I think in the last 45 minutes of it, to me, like, now we're not left with action while we have... 90 strips with 90 Death Stars, which is just ridiculous. But then we have this conflict that, to me, just feels so overcooked and also underdeveloped at the same time, where we've already gotten Kylo back from a Force healing moment, and he's now apparently good as just Ben Solo, and they have to go together to deal with the Emperor, and we have to see Rey face her dark side, but then have this multiple... It's the same setup as Return of the Jedi. Could the movie have been better if Kylo Ren would have been killed? If he had died in that moment? If he had died in the moment, she didn't heal him, and then she just has to fucking take care of business on her own without some dude... I like that better. ...fucking help her. And have him die, and have Harrison Ford... Have all that happen still. Because I really like that Harrison Ford scene, even though I don't know how it works, how it makes sense, but it's a memory, right? He's not seeing a goat, because he's not a Force user, right? So it's not a ghost, but he's having this conversation with Harrison Ford, and it's really good. Like, because it's Harrison Ford, and he's... Because we didn't mention enough in our previous part of the episode that even in all the goofy parts of Return of the Jedi, God, Han Solo is just... Uh, he's Han awesome. Han Solo? Is that's, it Han Solo? Or is that's it what Lando Solo? calls him. He keeps calling him Han in Return of the Jedi, doesn't he? He sure does. It's mostly does. Han, but... Um, but yeah, no, I just... And then I, I what I really don't like, as since I really responded so much to Ray being a nobody... Just to have her be the granddaughter of Palpatine through no ex through a very convoluted explanation to it me does, is like take away cheapens it her specialness. And I I read what J.J. Abrams has said. He's like, what's worse than being a nobody? Being from like the worst person on the world. We want to just like up her drama. And I was like, that's the wrong notion. You or why would you want to up it? Like she's already has to wrestle with this in one way. How come she can't go on that journey with? By not having Plus that. Plus, I mean, obviously her parents were also good people, so it's not like, you know, to have, like, a distant relative, I mean, who, who yeah. Well, and they had kind of, what the whole implication was is that your, your, Kylo Ren tells her in The Last Jedi, is like, they sold you. Like, and they didn't care what? about you. We already had the story. Luke Skywalker's dad was fucking Darth Vader. Exactly. And so, I know that there's this notion of, like, tying it together, but it, why? Like, because my frustration, I think, is because... What I really like about this whole trilogy, and I still like it in The Rise of Skywalker, is that I love these four core characters. Kylo Ren, Adam Driver is great in the role. So good. And the other two, and then Poe and Finn are, I think they're just very dynamic, fun characters to follow. Yes. And I really have, Daisy Ridley, I think is, I mean, she's so good in all these movies, and it's, she's, was relatively unknown before that, and she is believable and, and, and fun and compelling to watch, right? So I like her, even when she's having to deal with all this shit at the end, I'm like, well, you know, her and her and Adam Driver, they're doing what their thing. Like, they're doing it. They're working hard here. They had a moment. They're selling it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so I like all that. But it's just that's why it's so frustrating. I'm just like, I like these. We, just give me a satisfying story with these guys. I almost don't want it to be the end of their story. I just like, can we just like have a do over and have them Poe, Ray, and Finn go off and do another adventure? 
We don't not mention the Skywalkers. What's wrong with that? I would rather have that. The other main problem, I think, with uh, Rise of Skywalker is that um, very obviously it seemed like this movie was supposed to be a very much a Carrie Fisher movie. Yeah. Like the idea was that she would get the focus because Harrison Ford had the focus on the first one. Mark Hamill, the focus in the second one, it seemed like they were setting her up to do something pretty significant. Yeah. And that just got blown to hell, right? When she died, they, they, I think what J.J. Abrams does to like use footage that he had from Force Awakens to put her in this movie, I think is really commendable. Maybe it's not the best arc and it doesn't give her enough to do, but they, it's something at least. And yeah. she, they do try to integrate her into, uh, Kylo Ren's transformation. And I, I think that's, I think that's where it that doesn't really work as well because it just doesn't give you that um, necessary. I mean, Harrison Ford is there to kind of bridge that a little bit, but it would have been so much better if she got to do that like through multiple scenes through sure. where she gets to like speak to her son, right? Because they don't get to do that in the movies. That's her. That's her kid. Yep. They have no scenes really together. Not really. Well, I think that what we know about Star Wars is that they're really good about letting women have speaking parts. <laughs> well, raise the lead in this. That's good. Um, um, funny thing. So there's a. You finish what you were. Your point. No, I the point. I just I it I think while I commend them for including her and trying to get as much out of they could, and I think it's very respectable. It just feels like a it it. Since she died, and I felt this way when she died, it just feels like, well, this is not going to end how we want it to because we can't end it the way that someone initially thought it should. Because mm -hmm. if you're going to spend the focus on the – if you're going to give Harrison Ford a whole thing in the first movie and you're going to give Mark Hamill a whole thing in this one, then it made sense that it was going to be her movie. Mm -hmm. And it just seemed like that's where we should have gone. We got that taken away from us. And so it was never – it was almost doomed from the start in that regard for it me. Was. What were you going to say? I was going to share – um, the LA Times after the last movie came out, The Last mm -hmm. Jedi, so not with the new one in there, went back and analyzed all the Star Wars movies and all the dialogue and typed it all out and counted how much like speaking words each character got. Mm -hmm. um, and so they have it per movie and per character without the most recent one in there. But it's uh, it's just depressing how little the women get to talk. Specifically, Leia, because there are no other women in the Star Wars old ones. And now you're firing up the other crazy people on the internet that are anti all things Rey because she's a she's too powerful and she's a Mary Sue, blah blah blah, which is all just fucking annoying. But because now those people would argue, like, what are you talking about? Rey's been the lead of three movies. Rogue One is a female lead. Blah blah blah. So, like in the Last Jedi. You think Ray is the lead? Yeah. So the two characters, though, that have more speaking lines than her are Poe, who has over a thousand, and Luke, who has eight hundred and seventy. She only has eight hundred and sixty-five. So huh. even though she's the lead, she has the third. The Poe one surprises me because yeah. he seems like he's like the he's got the third small. He seems like he has the smallest uh, arc of the three yep. of them in that movie. And in the Force Awakens, what's your guess? It's more Finn. Yeah. Because Finn is the, the introduction. With 1,400. Then Han with 1,200. Mm -hmm. Then Rey. Then Poe. I like The Force Awakens. It has a little bit of a bait and switch, though, because, oh, I think Finn's a great character, and I wish that The Rise of Skywalker dealt more with his, like, being a stormtrooper, since mm -hmm. they introduced characters that are also stormtroopers previously, and they just let yes. that be. Yeah. There's new characters in here for five minutes. Why? But, um... 
I what I like about the Force Awakens is that it, it does start like at his movie, right? And mm-hmm. Ray is kind of the supporting thing. And then even in the promos, they'd use they'd show Finn turning the light because he's the first one that gets to use the lightsaber. Yeah, but he doesn't know how to use it, and they turn it on. And then there's that fake out at the end, which is great when he like gets knocked out, and you see the saber moving, and you get to see Ray become like the lead yes. of this movie. Yeah, I love that bait and switch. So I think it's even it's worth it that she has less lines in that movie mm-hmm. for that payoff personally. Mm-hmm. And I love that Mary Sue's bullshit is. She's fucking, so especially now, she's a Palpatine. Obviously, she knows how to fucking use that lightsaber. Fuck off, yeah. all you pieces of shit on the internet. In Return of the Jedi, yeah. name the top five speaking. Go. Luke, Vader, Han, Emperor, then Leia. No, then Lando, and then Leia? Please tell me that's not you the case. You weren't even close. Oh, God. You only got two. Number one, C-3PO. Oh, he talks a lot. So he talks a lot. He take, take, no, talks No, he's a not lot. the top in any of the other movies, but in fucking Return of the Jedi. So that explains that shit all the annoying fucking scenes with him. Yeah. It's two, Luke. Yep. Three, Han. Four, Palpatine. Five, R2-D2. Six, oh, You can't count R2-D2's Leia. Leia. Oh, come on. That's a little ridiculous. Then Darth Vader. Then Lando. All right. That's a little, a little bit ridiculous. R two D two is not. He doesn't have lines. We <laughs> talk about how they count his his words. I. You know what? I'll tell you what else. Can I just? I'm gonna put this out there though. The fact that you guys were counting R two D 2s lines means you were doing the article a little bit wrong. What? A little bit wrong. Why are you counting beat bops as like lines of dialogue in the movie? Come on. Because he has to be considered. Why is R two? Why is R two D two a boy or a girl? They consider that he's the. They talk about it how R two D two and. C-3PO are often referred to as he because then they also broke it down in another analysis with like girl versus male and they included like girl robots and girl aliens. I don't... But R2-D2 and are referred to as he. Are they? other characters. Oh. Yep. That's bullshit. Is that... Do you think that's because they actually are male or it's because it's the patriarchy that's like... It's just more common to say he. Because they're not... There's no gender. They're not gendered. They don't have genders. Because they're robots, right? But maybe they're programmed C-3PO... after men who have male, right? And I would say C three PO. Obviously, it's voiced by a male actor and performed by a male actor, and he sounds like a male, so fine. But R two D two, you can't definitively say that those are male beepies beeps. Yeah, so they counted it based on R two D two and BB 8s individual whistles, beeps, boops, and blurts were counted as a single word each, with I mean, help from a computer program. They are the best lines in the whole series, all the series. They are. I wish it yeah. took him over a hundred hours to do that analysis. I was a little bit. I know that it was getting overstuffed in the ship, but like when C three PO got to go along with all those other characters, I know people were mad about Rose getting left behind, and that's that's that is some bullshit. But I was also like, why can't fucking R two D two go? This is bullshit. He flew in that one prequel movie. Why is he all of a sudden too old to do anything? Bullshit. He's, Let him go on. He was with Leia, and I get that, but still. Yeah, and he did some action in the beginning. I love getting R2-D2. the spy information r2d2 is cool do you know what return of the jedi was originally called revenge of the jedi and do you know why it was called revenge of the jedi because i don't know they changed it because they didn't like the i thought it was too harsh or whatever i think though there's theories out there but they think that uh one of the reasons that it was called revenge of the jedi was just to throw people off mm-hmm. so that people who were going to merchandise shit would have the wrong fucking title. Well, they did so have some stuff that... Title. They came out with some posters and stuff that had Revenge of the Jedi on it, though. Yeah. Was it, like, 
pre-approved? Was it like approved shit, or was it like not approved? Who could, shit? I could never understand what George Lucas does so ever. They were also saying that one of the reasons they changed it was because it was too similar to, um, no, 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 backwards. The Wrath of Khan was originally Vengeance of Khan. Oh, okay. Vengeance of Khan. They thought it Wrath. was going to be too close to Revenge of the Jedi, so then they changed it to Wrath. Wrath and Revenge. I mean, I get it. Yeah, yeah they're Wrath close. of Khan is much better. And then he called... Uh, oh, Wrath of Khan's a great title. It's and it's a great movie. Revenge or Vengeance or whatever. And Wrath of Khan is a better movie than Return of the Jedi. I said it. Um, but uh, then he, of course, made Revenge of the Sith, his third yeah, of the prequel. Stupid. He brought the revenge thing back. Dumb. Which, I mean... Oh, and then the thing about the end of the movie, the, what did you think about this uh, Tatooine scene with Rey? Huh? The last scene of the new movie. Oh, where she's burying Luke and Leia's uh, lightsabers in the sand. Leia never lived on Tatooine. We didn't even know she had a lightsaber until a flashback in this movie, but okay. Yeah, I was like, what? Um, Okay. Um, So she did that. And then Luke famously hated Tatooine. Mm-hmm. So why are we burying him on the the planet? Because the first movie started there, right? It's, full circle, and it looks it it's a it's a. Listen, I I can I can see that it's bullshit, but also feel what J.J. Abrams wanted me to feel, which was like sure. this is the end, and look at Ray, and she's our new character, and we love her. And, and then some random person asks her what her name her last name is, and I that idea I like, like I like. The idea of saying, like, I'm a nobody, or I was a Palpatine, whatever, that makes me mad. But I like the idea of, like, I didn't have a name, but this is who I choose to be. And I think I like that idea. But it's just that they muddled it with this other shit. Yeah. Totally. And she didn't exactly have a great... We missed all the scenes where... Because, number one, like, she was getting trained by Leia, yes, in the beginning. But we... It's not like she had... She didn't have a great relationship with Luke in the last movie. Like, so we're kind of just to believe that she just grew more fond of these people between mo- I don't know. It's weird. So I don't know. It's uh, it's a weird movie to, to end this uh, whole business on. But it's, I think the main point is that the last hour especially is just mirroring a lot of elements. The way the battle takes place with yep. the ships and Lando coming in with the ships is very much uh, Return of the Jedi. These uh, showdown with the Emperor is very much Return of the Jedi with more force healing and people going down pits and fixing each other and uh, weird kisses and all everything. I- I'm on board for all that. Are you? Yeah. They There's like nine force heals in this movie. There aren't. <laughs> there's two. There's never been force heals in any movie until the Mandalorian came along. There's only two. I know. There's, she does it earlier. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back. And gives her some power. And then, like, she, how many are it's there? only two. Seems like nine. She heals him, and he heals her, and then he dies. That's it. Two. Doesn't she do... Doesn't he do something before that, though? No. Doesn't she do something? No. That's too much force healing. <laughs> you know when I like force healing? When Baby Yoda does all it. She, all that happened was she gave him a little bit of her force, and he gave it back to her. You know what I like? That's full pe- circle. Baby Yoda does it. It's awesome. Over, every yeah. time, always. Baby Yoda was like, they're like, fuck, people are not going to like this force healing stuff. We'll put it in this show. We'll <laughs> love it. We'll prime That's pretty smart, actually. So that's what's weird, too, is that I also, when we, we talked a little about Mandalorian when it started on this podcast, but what's, uh, I think part of my issue with Rise of Skywalker is I've really loved the Mandalorian, and I've liked, even, like, the weakest episode of that 
I still like probably more than the entirety of Rise of Skywalker because oh, I just harsh, like man. I just I think that they nail what I like about Star Wars, the elements of Star Wars that I like. Other than like, there's not a lot of robots walking around talking, but that's okay. They could add that in season two. They could even have BB-8 show up. Why not? Um, but I just enjoyed that arc and those independent stories that eventually became they kind of tied them together in the last two episodes and. I just love Baby Yoda like everybody else on the planet. I just, yeah. I got more of a joke. Like, it's weird. Like, usually we don't get these things that can tide us over and make us enjoy Star Wars. And yeah. so when the new movie comes out, I was like, well, I like Star Wars. Let's like this. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I was one of those people when The Phantom Menace came out in 99 was like, you watch it and you'd be like, I don't know if I like, this is not good. But you're like, it's Star Wars. You like it. It's okay. You yeah. like it. It's yeah. good. You're, you're just, you'll, you'll like it more the next time you watch it or the yep. next time you watch it. See, we didn't get that with this movie because we had the Mandalorian right at home available to us mm-hmm. and it was filling our, it was filling the need. And then, uh, would you, would you say you liked Mandalorian more? Yeah. yeah. Not, not more than the movie. More than Rise of Skywalker or no? No. You liked it the same, huh? I mean, you know me. I don't like to compare. I liked them both for their own unique reasons. It's the same story I tell my kids. Counterpoint, Baby Yoda. Uh, Baby Yoda trumps all. He's like the best thing that's ever happened to Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, really, like, in terms Listen, of like... You've been having baby fever really bad, and I have to appreciate the Mandalorian for really filling in your your baby fever. It's like, need. I can snuggle that Baby Yoda, and I'll just snuggle a baby. I love how Jason Sudeikis got so much shit for punching Baby Yoda away. He didn't. I mean, it wasn't. He whacked Baby Yoda first. Yeah, Adam Pally punched him. Adam, Adam Pally's character punching. He's getting free because I think he's less famous than Jason Sudeikis. Sure. I guess, but also, it's not like he was. I don't. He wasn't even on set. That was, they weren't in those costumes. They did voiceover work, right? Yes. So okay, it wasn't Tyler. even him. It's a little time for tea time with Tyler. Okay. As we're getting close to needing to wrap up this. Episode. Well, I'm done. I've spent my. Oh. I blew my load on. Have you Star Wars? I yeah. have another fun fact before we do. Okay, tea time that's with Tyler. great. That I thought was interesting. The voice of Boosh, Princess Leia's bounty hunter disguise in the yes. terrible part of the movie, mm-hmm. was voiced by somebody, Pat Walsh. And the only other voiceover work she's done was pretty prominent. The voice of E.T. Really? Mm-hmm. That's in- it. Oh, I like that. Interesting, huh? Okay. Tyler Wilson Welcome to Tea Time with Tyler, where I fill up my tea, and you have to answer a question, which is usually a list of something. <laughs> okay, so and Tyler, I do a very poor job. In the amount of time it takes me to fill up my tea, list as many um, characters in Star Wars by name as possible. Okay. Babu Frick, BB-8, C-3PO, Mace Windu, Qui-Gon Jinn, Obi-Wan Kenobi... Ben Solo, Kylo Ren, Rey, Rey Skywalker, Poe Dameron, Finn, no last name, Princess Leia Organa, or General Leia Organa, Lando Calrissian, Admiral Akbar, uh, 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 Sebulba, <laughs> I don't know why I know that one, um, uh, uh, Jar Jar Binks. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> Good job, you were up to like 30. Was I? Yeah. If you do the same thing to me, I would be able to. List I thought about six. doing that. I was, I was gonna like, if I had planned ahead, I was gonna make a list, and I was gonna be like, Star Wars character or not a Star Wars character. <gasps> mean Babu Frick and then, like I, other weird names. I, I was gonna know. do that, but then my lack of preparation saved you from you that fucking game. Loser. I could probably do more. I do oddly like this shit. <laughs> Some of those ones I named though. I don't like those characters. Just no. to be clear. 
No. Um, Chewbacca. I didn't even say Chewbacca. Okay. I got to ask a question. Okay. And there's, I'm reading a Wired article that's like, things you didn't know about Return of the Jedi, which mm-hmm. is where I pulled a couple of my fun facts from. Fun facts. In one of the fun facts, and I need you to just explain this to me. Okay. Well, so um, I'll try. I don't know. In the radio adaptation of the movie, broadcast on NPR in 1996, Yoda... Did you know this existed? I that I don't know what's happening. Okay. Okay. <laughs> there was a radio adaptation. That's weird, but okay. Broadcast on NPR okay. in 1996. Why? But okay. <laughs> Yoda was played by John Lithgow. And the common is, just think about that for a moment. I, I, I don't understand why. What? John Lithgow. Why is that a... Think about that why for a second. Why is that a thing I need to Are they referring about? to, like, a character... Was... John Lith- Lithgow played Yoda. Well, he was an... Was the third Rock from the Sun show was probably on TV? Does that have anything to do with their comment? I have no idea. I don't get it. It's so I think, I had to ask think you. about it because it's weird trying to think about anybody other than Frank Oz doing it. I don't know what I don't I don't know what it's referring to because John Lithgow's done so many movies. I don't know. I don't either. If it's okay. referring to something else, I was just wondering if uh, do you have an answer to this or you were just asking? I'm me? just literally asking. There's you. probably a reason, but I can't. Like, I'm having trouble figuring that out. Okay. I'm still wrapped up on there was a radio adaptation that John Lithgow was in. I maybe think about it for a second, like just that entire sentence is weird, it's foreign to think me. Think about that for a minute. That's maybe. so weird. The, maybe, maybe it's the whole thing. I don't know. This doesn't even this sounds made up. I just none of this stuff sounds like anything that actually happened. Is that on John Lithgow's IMDb page? Probably. God, that's never. This that's baffling. To There's me. a BBC interview where he he's talking here with Will Ferrell and he uh, just reveals that he voiced Yoda. In 1996, they were already putting out special... I don't know what's happening. I don't know either. Yep. I don't know. That's John so Lithgow weird. Yoda. That has its own Star Wars fandom page. Yep. Oh, this is going to be a dive into something I'll have to look into, because sounds fascinating. I thought so, too. I thought you'd be interested. Okay. That's all I got. Yeah, I mean, we're, I know everybody is tired, tired of hearing about Star Wars. Well, enjoy it. And we will talk at you another movie with some other conversations about stuff. What a tease. (laughs) What a tease. This is Old Millennials. If you are an old millennial and you know an old millennial who would enjoy this podcast where we talk about movies we grew up with in the 80s and 90s, share it with a friend. That's all we ask. Find us online. Okay. Or whatever. However you're listening to it right now, share it that way. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah. Okay. We will talk at you another movie. Bye. May the fourth. Oh, I don't want to do that. The yeah, tag thing with Star Wars. That's so stupid. You're stupid. God damn it. But I do love you. Fuck. That was so stupid of me to say, though.